The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright and Will Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. <laughs> Sure, this is episode number twenty nine. It's either twenty eight or twenty nine. You notice how he's not sure that's twenty nine. Please yeah. show me. Real I kind of. I yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. I want this to all be. I feel like everybody that listens knows that I'm bad with episode numbers. No, not just now. you. We're bad at episode yeah. numbers. I feel like there's no need to uh, bring attention to it every time. But damn it! I want to. Yeah. Max. Let me have something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, Max, you remember when we first started and Max used to didn't say anything? Yeah. I miss those days. <laughs> now, now we done treated him with respect. He got opinions all yeah. of a sudden. It's like when Dobby got a sock and yeah, started. Yeah, just lost his mind. You know, ending Wizard Lives. <laughs> if Dobby had lived, he would have went around assassinating Death Eaters. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, bro. You know, you, you don't got to be like that, Max. I, I will, dude, now I'm self You know what? Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to the Potterhood Podcast. I'm Nico White. I'm Will Posden. And our producer, Max. Yeah, Max there, you, there you go. There you go. Now it's like you don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> First of all, we want to thank you all for listening to us for 29 episodes, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. So that means next episode is episode 30. I'm gonna try to get I'm gonna try to do my best to get um a couple guests on that one. We're supposed to do it for 25. We had a pretty big guest on 25, right? Yeah. So 25, 30, then we got to do another big one for like 40. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry to do that math in y'all ear, but sometimes you got to hear the logistics. Will, who we sorting? Okay, we're we're going to sort uh, Michelle Wolf, who has a comedy special coming out on Netflix. Okay. You know the title of the special? It's called... Joke show. Joke show. Ladies and gentlemen, Michelle Wolf, very funny comedian. Check out her new special called Joke Show on Netflix. And I would put her in Ravenclaw. Easily. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. She's very smart. You know what I mean? And I don't think she's um I don't think she's evil enough to be in Slytherin. Not at all. I don't think she's um blindly silly enough to be in Gryffindor. And Hufflepuff isn't imp- is not an important enough house. Yeah. You know. So for that reason, I'm going Michelle Wolf Ravenclaw. And also, I think she was the last comedian to do the White House Correspondence Dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, was a Gryffindor Ravenclaw. moment. It was a Gryffindor moment, but Ravenclaw's like Ravenclaw is that odd house where it's like yeah. they have the best qualities of Slytherin and all the like personality traits of Gryffindors. But if what that makes sense? But is there a Ravenclaw who she reminds you of at all? Because that is an interesting thing that even though Rowena. Okay. Original Ravenclaw. The original Ravenclaw. 
because she's smart. Okay. Right. And as far as we know, the only person like herself to get to those heights. Yeah. Right? Michelle Wolf is the last comedian to do the White House Correspondence Dinner. It's pretty amazing. She's the last one to reach the, to do that, reach that height. They canceled it Boom. after her. They canceled it after. Wow. Because <laughs> guess what? When I said Rowena Ravenclaw, I didn't know if I could make a good um, justification for that. But did uh, it. Okay. Fucking did it. See, and that's why you guys sit through logistics is because you get to see revelations like that in real time. Uh-huh. I, I think Ravenclaw is the easiest to argue. I think you could make a case for Hufflepuff just because um, I think that when she raised her profile, especially with being a female comedian, there was like pressure for her to disavow certain comedians. I don't want to be more specific than that. With certain comedians and she never disavowed those certain comedians who had who were mentor figures for her and uh and i think that she you know has a really really good value system and so that would be the case for hufflepuff but i think yeah ravenclaw is the move i mean you said all that about hufflepuff i think you should go hufflepuff bro that was a great analysis okay thanks hey this is the new compliment, Nico. Yeah, new compliment, Nico. You know what I'm saying? Max, line up. That's Yours how, is coming. That's how I'm going into 2020. It started with me kind of getting trashed and called a house self. I don't know I, where that is. I, I, I house mean, self. I'm just saying. That I sounds did, bad. I didn't call you a house self. That was what me. I said was. That, first of all, that was Will. I drew okay? a metaphor. See, that was Will. Something. See, I'm already getting blamed for shit the white man did. I'm tired of this. This is a little too close to life. <laughs> what's what's our next segment? Uh, we're we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk a little, Ron. Okay. Yeah. Wait, do we want to? Um, do we want to sort Michael Vick? Do we want to touch the Vick? Yes, stuff? I would love to. Uh, Wait, what? Where did that come from, though? That what was just people are mad at him for being again. Honored. <laughs> Who's honoring him? The Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is gonna honor Michael Vick. Uh huh. Didn't they do it already? Who, who even knows? Are, are people going to get mad if people a guy <laughs> tries to buy him a drink in a bar? Like, yeah. can nobody be nice to him? No. Didn't he say he's sorry? Do you want him to kill himself? What is, like, do you have a time machine? This is ridiculous, man. People just enjoy being mad at people. Hey, man, listen, bro. You know, let's just say I agree with you, Will. Let's just say we do a podcast for for Harry Potter. And let's just say I'm pretty fucking sure a thousand percent of these motherfuckers are animal lovers. So, I love animals too. I have for, a dog. For, but for, the, like, for the sake of my podcast, for our podcast, yeah. I'm going to 100% agree with you. The fuck did y'all think? I think it's ridiculous that we still talking about... You know what? This is why it's hard for... Um, some African-Americans, when I say some, I mean people that think more in the line like me, right? So the way I look at it is, so when you commit a crime, is there any road to redemption? Now, if you're one of those people that says absolutely not, then 100% fine. I agree with your feelings of being like, fuck this guy forever, right? But if you're the type of person that does believe in redemption. That's why we have jail. No, if you don't believe in a redemption, you should protest for a mandatory death penalty for all people fair so what i'm saying is is that if you do believe that people can be redeemed after they pay the, after they pay their debt to society then you should then believe that michael vick has paid his debt to society so this one of we people have contradictions right yes. and i'm sure i have plenty of stances to have a good amount of contradictions certain things that i think are good for me i necessarily don't want to be good for other people right but 
By that same token, I do believe that if somebody does something wrong and they're given a punishment and they serve out that punishment, then that should be the end of the punishment, right? And Michael Vick, the another important thing, he agrees with you that he did the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. He never defended his actions. Mm-hmm. He disavowed his former actions. He's never going to do them again. Right. But The now, whole thing is, are you going to do the bad thing again? Now, he said no. Now, that's what he said, but then you have people that just to play, not, not even to play devil's advocate, but to bring up a uh, point, is, well, of course you feel that way because now you have stuff to lose. And if you didn't have anything to lose, you would have, you wouldn't be apologizing and you wouldn't be um, cleaning up your actions. But again, there's duality and everything. So I what does he have to lose? I I mean, you know, he's not sponsored. Nobody's like nobody. Actually, is he on Nike? He just got Nike back after the controversy, after after the controversy, after after, he lost it. That I understand. He lost it back. The first time, I mean, and then everyone was like protesting him. But he Nike on. Nike resigned him. Let let me just get this point out before I lose it, because right? <laughs> I'm very close to losing it. I, I might have lost it. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as Vic is concerned, I feel like we got to keep context in mind, right? He already served his time for what he what he did. Now then, he's being honored for football. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. that shouldn't. I, not that it shouldn't make you mad, but it shouldn't make you so angry. Because it's football. He played football, and he was great in his form, right? Because here, if he didn't serve his time yet, and people got mad, that's one thing. Professor Slughorn taught Voldemort how to make horcruxes. You, and he was redeemed. Yo. He taught Voldemort how to make horcruxes. And we all agreed that he's a good guy. Everyone agrees Slughorn's a good guy. And you're mad at a guy Yo, who he pulled that off. Will really pulled thought. that off. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, I knew there had to be a little bit more Harry Potter in this. Yeah. Nah, but you bought it right back because I damn sure was leaving the uh, fictional realm. Anywho, <laughs> uh, yes, there are plenty of slughorns out there. And is he a slughorn? Probably. So for that, Max, to sort our second person, I know it's early. We're going to sort one more person. I would put uh, Michael <laughs> Vick in. You know what? He, I'd put him in Gryffindor because he's Hagrid. Yeah, motherfucker is Hagrid. <laughs> he's like Bizarro Hagrid. Bizarro Hagrid. That's like very mean. It's like if animal. all the he's like if Hagrid only had blast-ended scroots. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I, oh, I hope they understand what I mean by that. No, Otherwise, they do. They yell. do for sure. They're gonna yell, "Hippie witch, don't kill me!" I hope you get what I, I mean. I feel like Michael Vick is at Durham Strengths, and he's like that kid that's just. Oh yeah, that ma- there we go. He's just like that grimy kid that doesn't know that was just raised by you know like his town because his parents were not mm-hmm. present enough, mm-hmm. and uh, he gets to Hogwarts and he goes, "Wow, this is a way better school. Yeah, I would rather be here." But that's and then you know then he goes too far and becomes. I, I, yeah. I'm 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 gonna change what um what I said. I would also put him in Durham Strand because that's perfect. Whereas like he's talented, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Product product of his environment. But you know he's Kakarov. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, I would also put um Michael Vick in Durham Strand. And yep. Okay. Uh, let's go on to a Ron related duel or die. So first of all, before we jump into the Ron related duel or die, we've we've been having a hole in the, like a hole in the podcast for characters to talk about, right? So because, like you can tell, we can't remember episodes. Uh, <laughs> we also can't always keep keep track of who we've already talked about. But Ron, <laughs> as of late, 
has been mentioned enough. So we're going to dive a little deeper into Ron than we usually do. So, uh, so Ron, Her- probably Harry's best friend. I think it's safe to say. Safe bet. Yeah. I think there's some people that might feel it's Hermione. I think most people would say Ron. Um, Sirius, best friend of James Potter. So if we were to go seventh year Ron against James, who... Uh, Not James, against Sirius. Oh, against Sirius. You're right. Mm-hmm. Against Sirius. And you can specify which Sirius. Okay. So I'm going to say adult Sirius. I'm going to say adult Sirius. That went Post Azkaban? Post Azkaban. Post Azkaban, adult Sirius versus Ron Weasley, seventh year at the end of the war. Okay. Now, I don't... This is hard, right? Because I thought Ron was always, of the three main characters, was always quickest to the gun, right? He was always first to pull the trigger. Yeah. He didn't have the hesitation in him that Hermione had. He didn't have the mercy that Harry has. And he would go for, like... It would would always start at at least a stunning charm. You know what I mean? So because of that, and how Sirius is very boastful, and Sirius is the type of person that will play with his food before he eats it, where I think is Ron is more of the, I'm going to eat automatically. I think Ron takes it. My only drawback is that Sirius is a lot more skilled than Ron does. Yeah. And I don't know that even in seven years, if Ron would be technical enough to beat Sirius. That's the only thing that gives me pause. But I'm a Give the tentative edge to Ron here. I agree with you that Ron probably has his four basic things that he does in a duel and is just really competent at those, but never goes outside of those. And I think that it's uh, serious. Seems like he has a lot of flourish to his dueling and a lot of creativity, especially. I would say the probably the most flourishy serious is probably adult pre Azkaban serious. I think he's probably a little humbled by Azkaban. Right. And he's already like so the other way that he was probably insufferable before with how boastful he would be in that situation. Right. And in uh, in Sirius, in uh, Severus versus the Marauders, mm-hmm. it seems like he's trying to play with Snape and then Snape just owns him. He like Mike Tyson right. knockout punches him. Right. Well, it's stated in like the books that Sirius one of the baddest motherfuckers when it comes to like wand dueling. It says yes. that. But see, when you think about the other things outside of Juan dueling, because they get into like, if they get close enough, Ron's a bigger character than Sirius. It's just like mass wise. Yeah. So if he like punches Sirius in the face, fuck Vada Kadaver, you out cold. Yeah. Because not like Sirius had much of a chin, if we're being honest. That's true. And you can indeed in duel, like, neither of them can fly. So if Ron just wanted to run at him, he definitely could. He'd probably knock him out. Okay. So I'm sorry to cut you off. No, that's it. In, how he's flourishing. It's an interesting perspective. Uh, yeah. So I think that, I think that Sirius would win, but I think that Ron would play really defensive at the gate and be, keep it more competitive. And it would be like long and drawn out, and Sirius would have to like get. Hone in his skills a little See, bit. See, but that's the thing. I feel like if it's long and drawn out, that puts Sirius at a disadvantage because of his age and because of his frail. He, like, that's he's true. Pretty frail. So again, I don't know because you got to be. 
Ron would have to be great, but Ron like beat some good definitely who did Ron um stun? Was it Dolahov? I I'm not sure. Or was Next. it like um it was somebody who did they duel in the um like restaurant? Oh yeah, Dolahov was one of them. That was Dolahov. That's the same fucking person that killed Lupin in a wand duel. Yeah. That's so true. I don't, I don't know. I think uh I think Lil Ron deserves a little more credit, but I hear you. So I feel like Sirius would do better fighting a group of people than one person. I agree with you. I agree with you a hundred percent because he keeps his wand moving at all times. Yeah. If you're if you're within like any direction, he could probably fucking pop you. Who'd you was it Dollar Hall? I'm so lucky. Oh, okay. So this yeah, is one, one of the few times me and um will disagree. He's going serious. Serious. How many times out of ten? I would say seven or seven eight. Seven out of ten. Yeah. I'm, I'm giving it the edge to Ron in mine, but it's gonna be like six six out of ten. Who do you think uh who do you think Ron's favorite of his siblings is? Oh, his favorite? I think his favorite sibling would have to be um Charlie. Charlie? Charlie. That's cause Charlie is it Charlie that's in Romania? Uh yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. now I'm gonna have Max check that too. Figure out if Charlie Weasley is the one that works with dragons in Romania. Okay. And, and <laughs> I, I don't think they actually name who the Death Eaters are in the diner. I mean, oh, they're just okay. Death Eaters. Got you. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, that's one answer. If it was Dolahov, then like I said, I'm giving it to Ron. And now we're trying to figure out if it's Charlie Weasley because I don't want to make yeah. Hippie Witch mad. Oh, yeah. Charlie's. The one I thought Charlie was in Egypt, right? And Bill was in Romania. Oh, okay. Which I, no, I think I definitely think it's Charlie. Okay. It's Charlie. Yeah, this looks like it's Charlie as a yeah. dragon. He's a dragonologist. Ah, so will it <laughs> is soda? I'll take a uh, ginger ale, please. Okay. Date of birth: December twelfth, nineteen seventy-two. Anyone? If anyone just wants, in case anybody wanted to know, we gonna have, we gonna do a trivia game one day. I'm gonna give out like three thousand dollars to somebody. <laughs> they got a tweet that is gonna be a while for that though. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think it's Charlie because he just seemed like he looked up to Charlie pretty, you know, a good amount. Charlie was always there for him. He was always like that brother that you didn't see. Yeah. Right? And I don't know, just in like certain works of fictions, the brother that you don't see is always the brother that like they hold the most feeling for. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. That's so. I'm gonna go with Charlie. Who you got? Yeah, I also think that Charlie was um was who he held i think you put it perfectly but of the remaining siblings the ones that were around him mm-hmm. i think in the first book i think it was actually percy was the one he was closest percy, with Percy, right i forgot about old bitch ass percy <laughs> yeah percy drifts away and then returns in epic fashion also gets redeemed you guys can forgive percy weasley you can forgive michael vick <laughs> <laughs> I actually think Slughorn's worse than Percy. But I think so, too. But Percy's pretty bad. And then he worked for, like... He um, worked for uh, Crouch and was, you know, supportive of the whole keep quiet about you-know-who campaign uh, about Voldemort. Yeah. Gotcha. Fair enough. But, yeah, Slughorn's still worse. But continue, my brother. Dude, I just want to say, how pathetic is it that a grown wizard would say you-know-who? Especially when he wasn't around, like right. when Harry's like a first year and people are like, he defeated you know who. It's yeah. like, you won't even say Voldemort. It's like, yo, y'all are so pussy because like at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, I'm not going to call any man. I ain't referring to <laughs> no man as you know who. Yeah. I, I would much I like call him anything else like, you know, Big V. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like call him anything else, but you know who that really <laughs> was like the <laughs> the bitchiest thing I've ever seen. That's crazy. Oh man. If Baltimore didn't even do nothing that was all that scary, not enough for me to refer to him as you know who. If you don't get the fuck it out of here. It was like a cute girl saying it. You'd be like, okay, fine. You can say you no, know who. No, I'd be like, grow up and stop talking this way. Hermione, but if it's a grown Bro, adult. Hermione put it best. Fear in the name only increases the fear in the thing itself. Yeah. Y'all were bitches. <laughs> Voldemort should have said that when he came back. He's like, <laughs> I see you guys. Prance around here yeah. calling me. You know who. <laughs> I know how much I fucked your minds up. Hilarious. That would have been great if he'd have walked in like that into the uh, like yeah. great hall before the duel broke out. And if he would have said, they call me, you know who. And somebody's like, who is that? And they're like, it's you know who. <laughs> Did they say that in his presence or no? I mean, if he if he calls you over and is like, Hey, Jerry, do you, you kind of can't be like, hey, you know who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> we need to do that as a sketch. That's hilarious. That's really funny. Yeah. So, yeah, um, you were saying how Percy is his favorite. Yeah, I think Percy is his favorite until Percy leaves the family. And I think he so he hates Percy for that. And I think that after that moment, uh, Fred and George become kind of his favorite right. collectively. Right, right. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, now if I had to go least favorite, I think Jenny is and was his least favorite. I think that in the first book, Fred and George are his least favorite. And so, the, I always thought they were really close. I think that they bully him a lot. Okay. In the first two books, really, and they bully him a lot. And then uh, they stop bullying him around the third book. Okay. Which I th always thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Not like as relentlessly. And then they start kind of up again around book six. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like when you're, um, you know how you have like a little cousin or something like they're close in age, but they're a couple years younger than you. Yeah. So as they get older, fucking because you can still take advantage of them, you do. And it's mean, but you do it out of love. You're playing. Yeah. They get annoyed with it, but you're fucking around. So I think it's one of those types of things. Because yeah. I think the twins were, and Ron were all really close. <laughs> yeah. And in the Weasley family, you probably didn't have any choice but to be close. They're all very close. Yeah. It doesn't seem like Molly runs a um, very loose household. No. They're all ready when it's time to be ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a great family. Absolutely great <laughs> yeah. family. One of the t I, I, I'd even say one of the top 20 families in fiction. Is it weird that we never met Hermione's parents? Is that weird as the reader? That's very strange. Yeah, I think the closest is when she kind of just erases their memory yeah. in book seven. It's a little like weird. Them. Yeah, whatever happens with that. I imagine she gave them their memory uh, yeah. back. Okay, I will hope so. It would have been nice if they were at Bill and Floor's wedding. Just something. Something, yeah. Up until the part where it's like the death eaters. Yeah, they up. definitely yeah. would have died. If, yeah, no, they uh, would. They that's that actually, wedding. you know what? If I was J.K. Rowling, I would have done that. I would have brought them to the wedding, and they would have died. I probably would have killed Hermione's parents, too. I Dude, how it. fucking cold-blooded would Hermione be if she was Horcrux hunting and her parents had just been killed? 
Yes. Oh, that would have been such a it great add to the story. fucking crazy. And I mean, it's really dark. But no, I think- but they should have got killed at the what's it called house, at um the Malfoy house. That's what they oh, should have got killed. Oh, like they get kidnapped at the wedding and killed at the Malfoy house? There you go. They get Mother killed at the fucker. Malfoy house when um they get bought in. This is our first fan fiction. They torture, <laughs> they torture, um, they torture the parents in front of them, yeah. and then Belch is like, "Now nah, I'm gonna kill you." Then Dobby, and then yeah. Damn, that would have been such that would have been so evil. Yo, could you imagine the emotional toll? I know we talk about Ron, but fuck Ron, bro. Yeah. Hermione would have never been after the Wizarding Wars. She would just walked into the woods and just been like an old school witch just out on her own straight up every no everybody she probably would have been the next big threat hermione she becomes evil could you imagine could you imagine if something like that like let's say voldemort would have killed like her parents and like ron or harry dude she would have dueled her mind or voldemort one-on-one and beat him the whole book would have been different but this is what i'm saying so you take somebody like her and it's like if Voldemort like kills like just some core people, he kills Harry, Ron, and like McGonagall, right? Yeah. If push comes to shove, Hermione is like one of the ones that can actually go and lead the revolution. I just feel like she would become yeah. a real like stone cold like killer. Yeah. You know, who has no sympathy at all for Death Eaters. I can see this shit becoming like real underground. Yo, this would be great. <laughs> This is a J.K. Great. Rowling, you need to holler at your boy. I'm telling you, I'm cooking up great ideas over here. So who? So we've got the least favorite and the. Do we have we have least favorites for both? I got Jenny. Jenny definitely. Jenny is the least, least favorite. favorite. Definitely towards the end. I mean, because he didn't want her, her and Harry to be together. You can feel that. Yeah, yeah. There's just tension, and it's. Yeah, I don't know if it's just. Because of because when I read it in the books, I never had a problem with them being together. Uh But then seeing especially seeing Cursed Child, it's like uh, this is that's the worst part of Cursed Child. They don't grow well at all. Yeah, they don't grow well. You're like, why are these two together? It's like it's one of those couples like, do y'all like do y'all sleep in the same bed? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So miserable. It's weird. I feel like. uh Part of it might have been the casting, like just the actors didn't have chemistry. But yeah, it's and that hurts. That hurts when you check back in in the happily ever after and part of it's not happy. I don't. Yeah, that's it is someone smarter than me would have to talk about how Cursed Child changes the context of. Like just the the happiness and sadness levels of the main characters changes the context of the whole series. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and it's crazy how just such a little change could throw off everything. Mm-hmm. Because in the epilogue of uh, the seventh book, mm-hmm. you feel like there is a happy, happily ever after aspect. Yeah, yeah. There's a happy-ish ending. Yeah. Yeah. And then they check back in and Cursed Child and it's like their marriages are just rough and their relationships with their kids are rough and you go, they might have won this wizarding war, but Yeah, you it's like you won the war but you lost some battles. Yes. You know, you lost some key battles. Like it's definitely a couple Pearl Harbors running around here. It's like Harry, you defeated Voldemort. Talk to your kid. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that you know that that really bothered me. Sure. The fact that Harry was a bad dad. Yes. 
on top of everything, after all you fucking been through and the people that you've been able to forgive and you ended up a bad father? Because he's not in the epilogue to the books. No, not yeah. at all. So that that part kills me. Like, to see Harry as, like, a not-so-good dad and yeah. have to go back and make up to his kids. And you know how Molly raised her kids, so the fact that Jenny would even let that be the case. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Yeah, there's a way that, and there's even a way that Harry could have, that book could or that play could have been about him growing as a father, but for him to start at such a low point, right. and for it to be from lack of effort, that was the part that really right because it's make not sense. like you were fighting anything, you were going out more and like yeah, he was cheating. That's what it was. He was cheating on Jenny. <laughs> That's mean, what it was. He was in a nocturne alley getting pussy late at night. That would be crazy because that might explain why those two actors were so cold to each other. Like, I wonder if that is in the backstory of those characters and we're just not allowed to know it. I Hilarious. mean, but you know what I will say? It also goes against if you read Quidditch Through the Ages, uh, uh, which I did. Um, Quidditch Through the Ages. Nerd. No, I, I, I agree. Um Ginny is a she's a reporter for the uh, for the sports section for the Daily Prophet. That's how or the Quibbler. I can't remember which. Somebody's gonna get mad at me. Um, but yeah, so she writes about Quidditch. So they're going to the Quidditch World Cup, and she writes a lot of the articles that you hear in the book or that you read in the book. And uh, and they're in the. Article she writes, she alludes to her relationship with Harry and they got a bunch of kids. And it seems like she really, really loves him in that book. Yes. So I think it was just casting issues or maybe maybe there's more to the backstory of those characters in the play. Could be, man. I mean, I just think all that would make for much more interesting TV. Yes. You know, but yeah, definitely Jenny would be his least favorite. You agree? Uh, Yes. Yes. Fair enough. Now, sometimes you feel like. Uh, Ron would rather that she dated Malfoy than dated Harry. Well, that's saying a lot because that that whole beef between those families. Like, what do you think it would have taken for like if it wasn't for Harry? What do you think it would have taken for Draco and Ron to get along? Um, I think that they both need to be in the same house for them to give each other a chance. Okay, I think Ron. Uh, had he had like trust issues a little bit Mm -hmm. um i think because of with his mom worrying about if he was the least favorite child that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and even like it took him a a while to warm up to seamus and dean took him a while neville same thing um and hermione even it it took a little while with her and a couple of different times you know he got real trust issues with hermione Mm -hmm. um so I wow, think Wow, that is a part of his character that peaked out of a couple of instances. Like the fact you say that when it was um Hermione going on the to the dance with um Fred. Not Fred, uh I said Fred, I'm sorry. Um Victor Crumb. Yeah. He lost his shit. Also like it Ron was and in the movie they really make him come off like basically saying like, So you fucking him or what? Like it was oh, crazy. He he loses it with Harry with the goblet of fire. He's like, Oh, you put your I know you put your name in that shit. But you wouldn't tell me, right, yeah. right. He even walked around with the people that had a conspiracy that Harry was um, you know, a cheater. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, Ron yeah, has trust issues. We'll killing it out here. Today. <laughs> uh I love this. Compliment compliments abound. Um so yeah, Ron uh, has trust issues for sure, mm-hmm. and 
Yeah. So you're saying because of the trust issues, he wouldn't be able to. Uh, oh, that's a lot of consonant on the list. <laughs> so because you're saying he has trust issues, he wouldn't be able to trust Malfoy because he's a Malfoy. Yeah, they would need to grow on each other for a while. Okay, fair. I think, um, honestly, I think it would have taken divine intervention because, <laughs> like you just mentioned, they truly don't like each other, but it's one of those things where it's like, if you see your dad not like somebody, because, you know, your dad, when you're a little boy, is the coolest dude you know. Yeah. Right? So when you see your dad not like somebody or somebody belittles your dad and somebody standing next to the person belittling your dad, if they're next to him, they're, you're one of the enemy. You know what I'm saying? You associate them with bad feelings. So then as you get older and you start to understand, oh, so we don't like these people. Then it really bowls over. It's like if Fred and Barney never got never got to be friends, just hated each other, and they were like mean to each other at the mailbox. Their kids, oh yeah, would have hated one another. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Fuck your dad. No, fuck your dad. Yeah. So I think it's that whole thing. Because Malfoy was quick to make fun of Ron's family. Mm-hmm. You know. So for that reason, I don't think there was any chance if Harry wasn't around that Draco and Ron would ever get along. I think there are also kids. At Hogwarts, mm-hmm. who never meet another kid that's not their brother and sis- or sister until they go to Hogwarts. Some of these right. visiting families, and I actually think that maybe if I was going to give one critique of Molly and Arthur as parents, even though I think they're terrific parents, it didn't seem like those kids had much of a friend group. Yeah, they didn't know anybody except for each other. When uh-huh. they got to, Ho- they were all just socialized by each other. Like, so Ron grew up just with. Fred and George above him and Ginny below him. And that was his whole context of what a kid was. Oh, man. And it's like maybe have Lee Jordan and his siblings over or have, you know, a well, the local. The Wizards ain't hang out with too many black people. <laughs> well, Not any of the other Wizards. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Arthur and Kingsley were probably. Those, but that's Arthur and Kingsley. That's like his best had, friend. They had to be cool at the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Molly was like, I want none of that shit in my house. <laughs> it can't be like oh, I'm not racist no, my, my dad has a black friend My dad has a black friend <laughs> Yeah but that's his only friend I mean well, who are Arthur that's, that's what I'm saying Arthur is happy to have If you friend. can forgive Arthur Weasley's all white friend group You can forgive Michael Vick <laughs> This is your hero Arthur Weasley Oh my god yeah. But yeah, that that's interesting. I ne- I never thought about it. <laughs> and that. Arthur was into muggle stuff, so he's like trying to do fist pounds and Hilarious. stuff with He tried to he tried <laughs> to give him dap him up. He tried to give him dap it. Kingsley's just like what? <laughs> <laughs> Kingsley, I heard that people over there that look like you give each other pounds. <laughs> <laughs> And I know that's the worst English accent you've ever heard. I'm so sorry. That's the only thing I'll ever apologize for. If you get mad at anything else I say on this podcast, fuck off. I thought it was pretty good. I thought so too. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But you know, people. <laughs> he shows up to uh, one of one of uh, one of his parties, mm-hmm. and he just has like Hennessy. He's like, "Oh yeah, Muggles, Muggles like this. <laughs> Muggles like this. Muggles that look like you like this, Kingsley. So <laughs> give it a swirl. <laughs> it's grape flavored." <laughs> Kingsley, this is a handgun. <laughs> The muggles that look like you. <laughs> this is the craziest sketch. This would be this would be Kingsley. Amazing. This 
is fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> According <laughs> to the motherfucker. <laughs> oh shit! That's, oh, that's I hope y'all had as much fun with that as I did. <laughs> I mean, I think we should sort our last person. Let's sort our last person. What are we at? Oh man, probably like five minutes. Oh, okay. Like 35 oh, minutes. we can. Oh, oh my god. Oh, we had a we had a Weasley tournament. No, no need. We'll do that in the next one. When you okay. get when you reach a high note, damn it, it's time okay. To I agree. Land the broomstick. All right. <laughs> so now, for this um for this closing, it's a little bit more somber than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, we just lost a very 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 funny comedian, a friend of mine, um, Chris Cotton. Chris was a comedian from Philly that I met almost ten years ago. I want to say. And like just a good dude, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Good dude, fucking great person, you know, exceptionally great family man. Uh Chris was going to have not going to have, but Chris was expecting a child and is expecting a child to his wife. So for me, I think that's the biggest um like tragedy to all that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um to you folks that listen to our podcast, if you could look up um comedian Chris Cotton. Just Google comedian Chris Cotton. There's a GoFundMe up for him. Please donate something to that if you can find it, and make sure you put um you know that the Potterhood sent you and all that. Um, we're gonna yeah. sort Chris into the house now. Will doesn't really know Chris like that, so yeah. it's gonna be just me. Um, considering the man he was, he was the type of dude that would reach out to you if something was wrong or even if there was nothing wrong. Right? He check in very often. He's one of the few people I could depend on to do that. Um, on top of that, didn't know any fear. You know what I'm saying? He was from Philly and proud to mm-hmm. be from Philly. And he just had that energy. Grew up in the hood. I think his dad was a police officer. So he didn't seem to be afraid of anything. So for those reasons, it's Gryffindor no contest. I liken him to somebody like a, for the positives of this character, even though I talk a lot of trash about him, James Potter. But the positives yeah. of James Potter and none of the negatives. So forget our social medias. If you don't know him by now, you don't need to know him. Go follow Chris Cotton. James Potter is a very Philly character. Yeah, I've yeah. I know goddamn well he ain't just fuck up my clothes by adding those words. Yeah, you know that was what? not. No, it's all right. It's fine. You know what I'm saying? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> edit that out, Max. No, don't edit that out. <laughs> Keep that in there for authenticity. I, who I hope I said that. You nailed the word. No, God I, damn it. There we go. In any yeah. case. Well, I will say that, I, you know, I've talked to Chris a couple of times and he's a, he's a really funny, funny, nice guy. 100%. He, the, dude, the dude lit up a room whenever he walked into it. You know yeah. what I mean? He was, um, it's a damn shame, like, legit, because he's one of the most creative people I've met, too. Mm-hmm. And you know how certain folks, they get opportunities, like, you're glad that they got it because... All they need is exposure. They'll handle the rest. Chris was on a show on Comedy Central called Every Goddamn Day or something like that. And he was by far and in large the best part of that show. No contest. Mm-hmm. When they came back and Chris wasn't on the show, I legit was like, somebody fucked up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That dude was super creative, fucking super professional, and really loved, like, Philly in general. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. That's the only thing he ever did that annoyed me is that when he got to talk about Philly, he would go on and on about how great a place it was. But fucking true to um true to assault, 
he was going to make it out of Philly because he was in New York. He did all New York stuff, and he was conquering New York. He moved back to Philly, and I dare say even was doing more than he was when he was here in New York, you know. So, you know, uh, rest in peace to Chris Cotton. Yeah. This is the Potterhood Podcast. I'm Nico White. I'm Opossum. Mischief Managed. Managed.